You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Superbly, super, super civilized, not superfluous or superficial super fans. Yeah. <laughs> Take a breath now. Uh, this is Good Job Bring, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 128. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And we are your placid platoon of pleasant people pleased to present plenty of pleasurable podcasting. I'm Colin. And I'm Dana. And no Chris this week because we are on Kohler Baby Watch 2014. (laughs) He and his wife Regina are in the hospital. We don't know what's going to happen, but baby, baby's coming. I feel like just yesterday we did the wedding episode. Yeah. I guess it was almost a year ago. Us three and then listeners have witnessed major events yeah. of his life from boy to man <laughs> sunrise <laughs> sunset we cannot wait to find out what the baby's name is because chris has been uh, very secretive about it of course we wish him the best and hopefully by the time listeners you guys uh, listen to this episode the the baby will be out and I, we will I actually, hope so. We I hope so. have a name. And then Chris will be back and he can tell us all about the gross stuff that happened in Babyland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the big question is, since we know it's going to be a boy, I believe, is the baby going to be a third? Is it going to be Chris the yeah, third? So that's, yeah, so we've been Chris theorizing. Yeah. Chris Jr., we, I'm putting my money down for Chris the third. Yeah. I think so too. I feel like we talked about it. I was like, I put my foot in my mouth because I was like, it's kind of weird to just name somebody after yourself, isn't it? And he's like, no, it's not weird. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like, I went Mario Triforce Kohler. <laughs> so, so we'll see. And a couple weeks ago, I did announce that we're having a bumper ad submission contest. And we're asking for people to make uh, your own Good Job Brain ads and send it to us and we might air in the show. So this episode, we're going to feature one of our listener-created ads, and that's going to happen in the mid-break. All right. Without further ado, let's do our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz! Hacha! All right. Here we go. I have a random Trivial Pursuit card, and you guys have your morning Radio Zoo buzzers. Uh, First question, Blue Edge for Geography. A Mahoot. Is a person who wrangles or drives what animal? Mm, how do you spell that? M A H O U T. Mahout. 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 I think it's Mahout. Hmm. Would that be a camel? Incorrect. Hmm. A moose? It hmm. is an elephant. Oh. A Mahout. Hmm. That's a fun word. M A H O U T. Elephant wrangler. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture. What ode to a feline does Phoebe from Friends compose? <laughs> Dana. Smelly cat. Smelly cat. Smelly, smelly cat. I was singing that the other day. That song is so sticky. <laughs> and smelly. What yeah. are they feeding you? you? Yeah. yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like a Gregorian. <laughs> <laughs> it was. All right. Yellow Wedge. What are the first names of Depression-era American folk legends Parker and Barrow? Oh, oh, that's Bonnie and Clyde. Correct. Mm-hmm. Purple Wedge. What pop musician is a descendant of novelist Herman Melville? 
Oh, oh. Moby Dick, right? That's, it's Moby. Yeah. It is. Oh, oh. It is yeah. Moby. it's Moby. Wow. Uh, note here says his given name is Richard Melville Hall. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I gave it away. Okay. I was like, isn't that? Yeah. It's all right. He wrote Moby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, green wedge for science. Oh, we had this before. What mammal has the longest pregnancy? Oh, God. Dana. It's an elephant. Yes, yeah, also yeah, okay. an elephant. This is an I was second-guessing myself. Like, yeah. It was elephant, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. An elephant's pregnancy lasts about 22 months. Wow. Last question, Orange Wedge. What is a traditional karate uniform called? Oh. Karate. It's a, a gi. A gi. Yes, yes. gi. G-I. Very uh, good Scrabble word. I believe, wasn't that just added to the Scrabble dictionary? I think it. I, think I saw in the news, like it had not yeah. been there before. Oh, it you wasn't. know what? Yeah, because I used to play Scrabble. I'd play that word and i get challenged. Yeah. Yeah, or it yeah. would get It doesn't come up in the two-letter. It didn't used to. Uh, yes, I just quickly yeah. checked here online. Uh, yeah, it was just last month. The official, Whoa! the official Scrabble dictionary added a, a bunch of words, but it included in those were gi, uh-huh. Po, P-O, da, okay. D-A. <laughs> this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, so uh, there are some of the other words that were added to the fifth edition of the official Scrabble Players Dictionary. Beatbox. Oh. Okay. Bromance. Okay. Wow. So I wouldn't have tried bromance. I would have tried beatbox. Yeah. Chillax. Like chill, chill and relax. Chillax, yes. Chillax. Chillax, bro. To calm down. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, hashtag. Okay, makes okay. sense. Okay. Selfie. Also, yes. Sudoku added as a word. Oh. Oh, that's, that's true. That is how you say it in English. Yeah. So, okay. And webzine. Among really webzine? That's so very nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit okay. conservative. A little behind. Sure. Chillax, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to share a little bit of a behind the scenes, uh, the mm-hmm. secret uh, behind Good Job Brain. So before we record, I usually go to the supermarket and I would ask everybody, hey, what do you guys want to eat or drink? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always bring is those veggie stick boxes or kits that has like mm-hmm. celery and carrots and jicama, which We've is- We've been a, on a jicama yeah. kick recently. Yeah, it's summer yeah. and it's, it's chillaxing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very chillaxing. Yeah, it's great for a bromance. <laughs> <laughs> so that got me thinking that we had a couple episodes talking about you know different types of food and we also had a dedicated episode to talk about fruit. Why not have an episode to talk about- vegetables and i know it's a touchy subject not vegetables not everybody's favorite but definitely (laughs) there is a treasure trove of trivia so today we're gonna make you eat your veggies i'm gonna keep well my vegetables card off and sell my vegetables i love you most of all my favorite vegetable So first, I think we should probably get out of the way, right? The whole fruit versus vegetable, which has been the source of many arguments around trivia tables. To be honest, it really depends on what source you're using. Yeah, or the context of yeah, the context. The the simplest, the simplest, most fair answer that I that I found anyone put it is like it's really it's a culinary distinction. If it's sweet 
it tends to be a fruit. If it's more savory or salty or earthy, it tends to be a vegetable. You know, mm. I mean, some people will count mushrooms as a vegetable, even though they're a fungus. Yeah. yeah. There, there is a botanical definition of, of a fruit. Yeah. You know, so it's like it has to be uh, from the, a flowering plant. Yeah. It has to contain the seed, you know, so it comes that, from the plant ovary. There you go. Yes. Exactly. It comes from the mm. plant ovary. Delicious. <laughs> yum, yum, yeah. yum. Yeah, yeah. Which plant is why, ovaries. which is why things like tomatoes are from a botanical perspective a fruit. fruit. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. are things like avocado, you know, like, yeah. but like in America, we don't really, I think most Americans would call an avocado a vegetable, mm-hmm. but it's a fruit. It's like cucumbers. Botanically. Yeah. Cucumbers, cucumbers are technically fruit. Right. Yeah, They're exactly. exactly. Yeah. Pumpkins. So let's just get that yeah. out of the way that, and that when we say vegetable, we may be talking about some things that are botanically fruit. As well. But yeah. we mean culinarily. Culinary. Yeah. 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 And, you know, most chefs would say, like, a vegetable is you're eating, like, a stem or a, a, a leaf. leaf or yeah. a root. And it is interesting. I, I, I didn't do too much research into this, but there's a lot of legal yes. wrangling around what constitutes a ve- For tariffs, you're yep. right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Or for farm subsidies and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. So here's a here's a fun case, actually. Uh, really quickly to illustrate the messiness of the legality of fruits versus vegetables. Rhubarb, we know rhubarb, mm. kind of like a like a red big celery. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So rhubarb, you're eating the stalk. It's like right. a celery stalk, and don't eat the leaves because those are poisonous. So rhubarb is botanically a vegetable. In the United States, in 1947, the New York court decided that since it was used in America as a fruit uh-huh. for sweetened pies and desserts, uh-huh. that it counted as a fruit for the purposes of regulations and duties. Yeah. So back then, tariffs were higher for vegetables than fruit. Right. Oh, so if right. you count it as fruit... You get a better deal. You get a better deal. Right. So it, it's it's very messy, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of legal history behind every single yeah. vegetable slash fruit. Mm-hmm. Which is why tomatoes, I, I believe that's why tomatoes are still counted as vegetables, is for import-export purposes. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. All right. Well, with all of that said, uh, I will kick us off here with a grab bag vegetable quiz for you guys. Oh, okay. mixed, mixed vegetable mixed medley. Veggie. Yeah, <laughs> a mixed salad, if you will. So please get your buzzers ready. Uh, we'll have some straight trivia, maybe some true and false thrown in there. So here we go. Woo! Okay. This Vegetabalis. <laughs> this popular vegetable is a member of the tuber family. Tuber. T-U-B-E-R. Karen. Like potato? It is. Potato. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. We were like, aren't there, there a be lot anything? of members yeah. in the Yams, yeah. sweet potatoes, you all in like... the all in the tuber family. Oh, okay. You would have accepted all of those. I would have accepted those. Okay. So I okay. have potato in mind. Well, I think was, certainly I in America, I think potatoes are the most popular of those three, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The tuber I learned uh is from Latin. It means swelling. Uh, and sexy. It's a reference to the fact that, like the 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 tuber part that we eat, it it swells up as storing the plant's nutrients. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. usually underground doesn't have to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of our tubers. Yeah. Is it tied with tuberculosis? It it is related. It is. It comes from the 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 tubercle, a tubercle, <laughs> uh, like like a like a swelling or a growth. Tubercle bacillus. True or false? Ounce for ounce. There is more vitamin C in broccoli than in oranges. Mm. Karen. True. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit more. In a, in a hundred gram serving of broccoli has about 90 milligrams of vitamin C. Uh, the same size serving of oranges, only a little bit over 50 milligrams. Oranges huh. taste better though. 
You can drink yeah. orange juice. You can't drink broccoli juice. It's true. Broccoli also have calcium. Yeah. Broccoli, Bro- broccoli really is all around good for around you. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So if you feel a cold coming on, start broccoli. chugging chugging that broccoli juice. Yeah. <laughs> a few episodes ago, we talked about uh, British and American English. Okay. So as you guys probably know, uh, a lot of very common vegetables Ooh, have di- oh, okay. different names okay. uh, here and in Britain. So I'll give you a few here. We'll start easy. Uh, if you are in the UK... And ask for an aubergine. What are you asking for? Dana. Eggplant. It is an eggplant. In the UK, they call a courgette what we call... Dana. Oh. Zucchini? It is zucchini. Zucchini. Yeah, Yeah. courgette. Zucchini. This one. This one's a little trickier, but you guys may have heard this one. Uh, In the UK, this vegetable, commonly referred to by the French name, mange-tout. Mange too. Eat all of it. Eat all. Eat, eat all. all. And that is a clue to what it is. You eat all of it. Celery. Mange too. Eat all of it. Why would onion? you need to clarify? It's like, oh, you don't need to unwrap this fruit. You don't need to take it out. It is snap peas. Sugar peas. Oh, snap peas. Okay. You eat the pot. Eat the, the pot as well. Mange mm-hmm. too. Eat all. That's right. True or false? Mm-hmm. Celery is a negative calorie food. Meaning, your body expends more energy processing it than you consume. Dana. True. Karen. Uh, well, I guess false then, right? Well, I'm gonna see. Well, I'm gonna there's see. an asterisk, I feel like. Okay. Um, so, one stalk of celery is probably about six or seven calories. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you, so the, the whole theory is when you eat the celery, the chewing and the digesting, you're actually uh, using more than six or seven calories just to digest it, but uh-huh. I think that is a myth. She's taking a long way to get to the answer here. Your stomach or your GI system actually is very efficient. It will not take that much, so it is a common misconception. So false is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. Uh, you are correct for the reasons. I'm so you glad listed. you asked. <laughs> what, if, what if you chewed for a really long time? Yeah. That's- <laughs> I mean, what if you fletcherized it and you ran? Yeah. While by, you by that definition, though, any food could be made negative. Like pumpkin pie could be, you know, if you chew no. it. Yeah, you uh, have to chew for a really long time. Karen, yeah, you're right. A, a stalk of celery is somewhere in the five to seven calorie range, uh, and your body is extremely efficient. It only takes about half a calorie of energy to digest wow. that celery. So there are, there really are no such things, strictly speaking, as negative, negative. calorie foods. Your body is so efficient. Now, the reason that you can lose weight if you go on to some of these so-called negative calorie foods is they're bulky. They're, they're most, full. They're mostly water. They fill you up. They're high in fiber, uh, and you just substitute them for high-calorie foods. Most scientists and nutritionists agree the only truly negative calorie item of food or beverage that you could consume would be ice water because oh. because your body has to expend energy to warm it up <laughs> before hmm. it can pass it through your system oh, interesting. yeah okay. but even mm-hmm. you know scientifically yeah yeah mm-hmm. used as a base for numerous types of soups and sauces and stocks mirepoix mirepoix is a mixture of what three common vegetables karen onions Celery and carrots. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Do you know where the name mirepoix comes from? No. This what does what does it even mean? Translates to. So I I started down the path of like oh let me find out what mirepoix means in French. Uh, it doesn't actually mean anything in French. It's not named after it. It it is from a long tradition of naming food inventions after the estate from whence they came. Okay. So this is a very French, as you can imagine, tradition. So what this means is that the cook 
who first came up with this mixture, uh, or popularized it anyway, worked for the Mirepoix family. family. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was <clears throat> Charles-Pierre Gaston François de Lévy, so Duke de Lévy Mirepoix. Wow. So it was named after okay. his land, like the Duke of Mirepoix, Or like basically. a Waldorf salad or something. Yeah, right? yeah. All right, this one is a uh, a check of how closely you guys pay attention to movie credits. Okay. All right. What? Producer Albert Broccoli helped create more than a dozen films in what world-famous movie franchise? Uh, Albert Broccoli? Dana. Is it James Bond? It is. Whoa. Yeah. Is that a real name? That is yeah. the family name. Broccoli? Uh, he really brought James Bond to the screen. Like he was responsible. They were responsible for the first half dozen or more of the James Bond movies, and he was associated with them well into the 90s until he died. Yes. Hmm. And that one always jumped out at me as a kid watching the movies. I'm like, Albert Broccoli. <laughs> That's what I sounded like as a yeah, child. Okay. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> okay, last one. We will wrap this up here. Tell me, this is a true or false? True or false? In the early 1980s, the federal government passed regulations that classified ketchup as a vegetable for the purpose of school lunch nutrition guidelines. Wow. You said the 70s or 80s? 1980s. I feel like that happened recently. I know. Like this is a very famous I say incident. yes cuz yeah. nutrition's always been nutrition and government is always Is it false? Been. Or tr- it is not exactly true, <laughs> See? but yeah. it's more true than I thought. This one was always like famously used, uh, like in the Reagan administration. Like, oh, did you hear Reagan wants to classify ketchup as a vegetable? You know, can you believe mm-hmm. what we've come to? Um, it's it's more complicated than that. So there were indeed several cuts to the federal budgets that supported school provided meals in the early '80s. And as part of this, they had the idea like, well, we'll give school administrators a little more flexibility, local school districts to classify things differently so that they can still meet the nutrition yeah. guidelines with less money. And so the USDA's uh, Food and Nutrition Service put forth several regulations on what you could and couldn't do. Like, oh, okay. you can't call this a bread, you know, mm. for if it's not enriched or things like that. And they said, quote, you could credit a condiment such as pickle relish as a vegetable. vegetable. This went on to be widely ridiculed. People yeah. are like, well, pickle relish is not a vegetable. The, the backlash was strong enough, they struck down those regulations. Like, they, they, or they rescinded the recommendations, wow. basically. So, have you guys ever heard of Vegilit? Vegilit? I've heard of Vegemite. I've heard of Veggie Omelet. So it's not related to either <laughs> of them. This, this is a way to uh, sneak uh, chocolate into a a uh, show about vegetables. <laughs> Vegilit. Vegilit. Oh, like chocolate, but vegilate, like late. Yeah. Vegilit. G-E-L-A-T-E. I'm so confused. So, um, is this vegetables made from chocolate, chocolate or chocolate made from vegetables? No. It is chocolate that has vegetable oil in it. In the EU, in the European Union, there was a lot of controversy since the 70s about what do you call chocolate that has vegetable oil in it? Because chocolate's usually the fat in chocolate uh, like a chocolate bar is usually cocoa fat. It's cheaper to make make chocolate that has vegetable oil in it, right? Got it. And so they're they were like, we don't want to import your chocolate that has vegetable oil in it. And so it was kind of a publicity thing to make people be disgusted with the idea, probably, or, or to be like, you have to label it vegetable. If we'll import it, but you're gonna but you call, can't it, call it yeah, chocolate. you cannot call it chocolate because chocolate does not have vegetable oil in it. This went on for 30 years. There there Whoa. was a lot of debate and controversy over whether or not you could import chocolate into certain European countries if it had vegetable oil in it. Huh. 
the the countries that did not allow vegetable fat in chocolate were Belgium, France, Italy, Spain, Luxembourg, Germany, Greece, and Holland. They would not sell imported chocolate. Uh, those had, are countries famous yeah. for their it's true. actual, like, Belgium. You Pro- know, a proud you know, chocolate proud tradition. Cho- yeah, and also, like, Denmark is a very sweets-oriented mm-hmm. nation as well. So is this so-called vegetal? like, is it coming from us? Are we the ones sending it over there? Where is it? <laughs> no, it's it's coming from inside the house. Like, it's cheap. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I mean, It might right. be from us, but it might be from the UK. Okay. It might be... It really stretches out your chocolate. You know, you can make, you can make more chocolate. You make it well, cheaper. You can... There's a lot of, um, they would say it's like chocolate flavored candy, basically, right? In the US, chocolate flavored candy means you, you, you have to call it that if there is vegetable fat present. In the item. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like coating, yeah. you know, like yogurt pretzels or uh, Hershey's Kissables used to not be, used to be called chocolate. Um, and then they changed the ingredients and now it is a chocolate, chocolate flavored, flavored candy. candy. Yeah. I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I, it's, it's like the equivalent of cheese flavored sauce or yes. something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Vegilate. That name was meant to be disgusting on purpose. I think it was trying to prove a point. So in, uh, in English, if you're importing this chocolate, it's has to, it's called family milk chocolate. What? <laughs> so it's not just, it can be called milk chocolate in the country where it originated from, but if you're importing it, it's now called family milk chocolate. Okay. And in French, it is called chocolat de menage au lait, or um, household milk chocolate. Huh. huh. Yeah. I wonder what, oh, because like what you're stretching it out for a big family and you want a cheaper alternative. We Maybe. don't know. It yeah. sounds positive. Like they, <laughs> it, like it, it sounds is. like it the is. result of a negotiation yeah. where they're like, family milk chocolate doesn't sound like poison. <laughs> so it sounds fine. Anyway, yeah. So they just they just decided that, or just I'm so old. They decided this in 2000. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that was 14 years ago. We have listeners but, who weren't born then. <laughs> oh, this was just recently. Uh, it was in the 2000s, so 14 years ago. I was gonna say I was. I feel like some enterprising company would you know appropriate that and like call their product. Yeah, we're proud that oh, it's vegetal. Yeah, especially and, that we live in the Bay Area. Like, yeah. oh, it's organic yeah. vegetal. <laughs> yeah. When you said vegetal, I thought it was going to be like fortified chocolate with vegetables, like carrot flavored chocolate or oh, celery chocolate. I don't know. Chocolate that has vegetable oil in it. Have you ever used like the chocolate fondue fountains? Yeah. And like if if it gets too gunky or too thick, they put vegetable vegetable oil oil in it. Yeah. I'm going to continue our kind of theme of funny named vegetables or things by, uh, I'm going to start off with this story. As many people know, I did grow up in, in Taiwan, and I think this was around Chinese New Year, uh, which is a big, big event in the Chinese and Taiwanese culture. Lots of food, lots of eating, lots of preparation. You know, it's kind of like our Christmas almost mm-hmm. in terms of like scale. And so I think I was maybe four or five. I was heading to the kitchen, and I was like, oh, I'm looking for a snack so this is during Chinese New Year. You know, my mom bought a bunch of groceries and the whole refrigerator is jam-packed with things. So I was like, oh, I wonder if we have any ice cream or popsicles. I opened the freezer and a a black ball rolled out and it looked like a severed human head <laughs> because... Your it, mom cuts off. <laughs> because I saw hair. <laughs> It's like a mess of hair that was frozen in a human head uh, size-shaped thing, and I freaked the F out. As it turns out, obviously, it was not a severed head. 
But I was right in terms of my childhood assessment that it looked like hair. <laughs> it was what in Chinese you call thoughts. Hey, anglicized term is thought choy, which is kind of Cantonese. Uh... And the actual English names, it could be black moss or hair moss.、Mm. It is a type of algae that grows in black strands, very fine, like hair. So my mom just had a big ball of it, you know, for our New Year meals and stuff, and she stuck it in the freezer and just rolled out because it was packed、oh. so tight. It was <laughs> super traumatic. Can we go back? So fat fat choy is it like gung hei fat choy? Is it, it so? This is why I prefaced it with Chinese New Year. So, in the Chinese culture, there are a lot of foods that we eat、mm-hmm. because they're auspicious, because they're lucky. And the reason why they're lucky is because in Chinese, they、um, in the Chinese language, there are a lot of homonyms or soundalikes.、Mm. And the Chinese are really into eating foods that sound like good words.、Mm. So, for example, fa cai, which literally translates to hair vegetable, sounds like fa cai, which is Becoming wealthy or becoming rich,、uh. so that is one of the foods that we cook in Chinese New Year, and it looks like. And you've probably seen it before. It, is it like in soups and stuff? It's in like, soups. Okay, it's in sauces. I think I may have had this. It's little、yeah. black strands、yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You really should not eat this vegetable. It is not healthy for you. Why?、Uh, eating black moss could lead to degenerative diseases. What? Such、uh. as Alzheimer, Parkinson's. And dementia. Wow! So it is it, not lucky. Not lucky at all. Which is so weird because it doesn't stop people from buying it during Chinese New Year. Hong Kong and other parts of China have been trying to ban. Really? Uh huh. Selling and uh, uh, selling and eating this stuff、oh. because it is not healthy for you. <laughs> They've actually tried to make synthetic fake. Uh-huh. Um, but it has compounds that lead to、okay. other、Aww. stuff. The funny thing is, this organism is very related to、um, spirulina. Oh, Which, okay. You、yeah. see all the green. It's like、yeah. algae. Yeah, so yeah. It's like you see that in smoothies all the time. Totally. Yeah.、Mm, who knows?、Okay. But but there is research saying that、hmm. could lead to degenerative diseases.、Yeah. Happy New Year. I feel like、uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Happy Year. New Year. So there you go. That's permanently、and、embedded also, in your memory. That is, yeah. Per- like sometimes I will still have nightmares of opening up the freezer、oh、and finding、gosh. a severed human head. Oh wow! And with that warning, let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor and our listener-submitted bumper. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. As a man who begins many of his sentences with the phrase "Did you know that?" I'm frequently punched in the face. However, 
Once my assailants have tired themselves out after hours of repeated blows to my tender, bruising visage, I fill them in with facts that I learned on Good Job Brain. It's my offbeat trivia podcast. Thanks to Good Job Brain, not only do the punches smart, but my punchers are too. Thanks, Good Job Brain. Awesome. <laughs> I love that he was like on the edge laughing. Yeah. <laughs> he has a good voice. Yeah, yeah very good. Punchers yeah. are too. That's good. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. And of course, you're listening to Good Job Brain, and this week we're making you eat your veggies, or actually not eat some. Because <laughs> I just sure. talked yeah. about like. Don't eat the hair. Yeah, we are, the hair we're making boss. you eat your veggies and or issuing vegetable <laughs> advisory alerts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got some seemingly obvious quick trivia questions for you guys. Okay. <clears throat> what color is an eggplant? Purple. Aubergine. Yeah, purple. I will accept aubergine. What color is a carrot? A lot. It can be of orange. Colors. I've seen white ones. Yeah. And purple ones. Okay. But mostly, I mean, orange is the, yeah. Orange is the classic. Orange is the classic default color, right? And let's talk about carrots. So, All right. <laughs> let's wrap. Yeah. If you go by, if you go by like children's books or menus or cookbooks or clip art, if you Google picture of carrot, uh, they are virtually always, always, always shown as orange. Orange, yes. And I think we've talked way back about beta carotene. Carrots, they- Eating too much of it. They do, right. They, they, they get their orange color from a lot of beta carotene. Beta carotene is in fact named after carrots. Carotene yeah. <laughs> comes from carrot. They are so closely associated with that orange color. But yeah, as you say, they, they do come in other colors, you know, especially now at like fancier restaurants or more, I don't know, organic or back to the rainbow carrots. Yeah, you'll see yeah. the rainbow, purple, white, yellow, uh, red. They mm-hmm. have black carrots even, which yeah. are yeah. they're really just like super dark purple. Yeah, but they're yeah. they look almost black. Um, so yeah, why is it orange? Why is the orange one? How did it get to be the defining color when? Botanists and historians, they look at the history of carrots. It seems like the original color of carrots, the wild carrots, is purple. Uh, like by default, really? most carrots out in the wild, um, you know, if you saw like the wild carrot today, you would, it doesn't look a whole lot like our modern, you know, long traditional orange carrot, uh, but you'd recognize it. Um, mm-hmm. They were a little more bitter, you know, like there's kind of like that um, stringy core at yeah, the middle of a yeah, carrot. Yeah, yeah. That part was a lot thicker in wild carrots. Yeah. It's always the gross, terrible part it, that you have yeah. to read out. Yeah. yeah, and that's like that's that's what the beauty yeah. of human farming, right? Yeah, is like yeah. we can select for the sweeter ones. And it was like all of that. It was nothing but that. Yeah, it was. Bit. Yeah, not so yeah. much wood in the middle of yeah, my it carrots. Is, it is. Uh, uh-huh. Carrots roots go back to Afghanistan, oh, uh, Iran, that area. That's where they think sort of the uh, the ur carrot comes from. Proto. Right, and that's really where the wild carrot was kind of first cultivated, domesticated, taken over, and this is something we want to grow and make more tasty. It was most likely the Moors, who, like many other things, brought the carrot to Europe uh-huh. uh, by mm-hmm. way of Spain. So that's kind of how it made its way from oh, okay. the Middle East into... All down around Africa and back into, to Spain. That's the, I mean, the connection mm-hmm. from the Moors and into Spain and then into European culture. I mean, we could, wow. fill, we could fill a whole show with the things that's that were introduced to Europe. That's a long way to, to go. And even then, even by the time it got to Europe, and this is probably around the 8th century, it was still predominantly purplish, reddish was also very common, no orange carrots. Um, they don't have any reference to orange carrots until the 16th or 17th century is huh. how new a phenomenon this was. And this is really the result of the intersection of farming 
and politics. Okay. So let me ask you guys a question. What country is most strongly associated with the color orange? Ireland? Scotland? No. The, the, the soccer team. Uh, Netherlands, right? Yeah, the Netherlands. Okay. The Dutch. The Dutch. It is the Dutch. They are, you could, yeah, at any like world sporting event, like the Olympics or the World Cup, just look for the fans all covered in orange. orange. Yeah. That's, those are the Dutch fans. Oh, okay. Orange is, it is the national color for the, for the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And, and it is mainly the national color for the Netherlands because of William of Orange, who was the, the predominant figure in leading Dutch independence, the fight for Dutch independence hundreds of years ago. And he was a, a hero in many ways to, to many Dutch people over the years. So because of him, orange really became the national color of the Netherlands oh. as far back as the 1600s. And it was a way of showing your pride. It was a way of, if there were, you know, political factions, it was a way, your way of showing, oh, I side with the House of Orange. I side with William of Orange and his legacy. And his legacy, in fact, is still uh, connected to the current royal family of the Netherlands. Dutch farmers were the first ones to create the orange carrot oh. by crossbreeding most likely purple with white or you know yellow Green. and getting yeah. down to getting down to the exact shade of orange that they wow. want and it is it is all traced to the original long orange dutch carrot variety it would have been called a long orange dutch and if you were in you know the 1800s talking about a long orange dutch like oh yeah that variety of carrot Sounds that is like a variety that is so popular else. <laughs> totally in the netherlands Urban dictionary not, huh? you see why they're yeah. so popular yeah. <laughs> um that is the dutch style that was the netherlands style of growing carrots. And here's where it gets interesting. I had heard this trivia fact before. I dug into it uh, you know, a little bit uh, just to find out how much of this is true, how much is not true. And overwhelmingly, all the historical evidence is true. This was traced to Dutch farmers and it gets a little controversial. Some historians don't think it's quite as overt as they weren't showing political support for William of Orange. They just liked orange and it was the Dutch color. So it made sense that they would sort of push toward that color. But what what is indisputable is that it goes back to the Netherlands. Their national color is orange. Okay. Orange so carrots. Cool. Marketing, it could be political. Mar- there are stories. I, I did read some anecdotes that over the years that, you know, at times when uh, the House of Orange's influence was maybe waning or they weren't uh, doing so well that they would either uh, remove orange carrots from sale. I read that sometimes <laughs> they were outright banned. Whoa. Um, so did, exactly how political it is is perhaps up for debate, but hmm. the nationalist aspect of it is absolutely undeniable. Just we, the color itself. We owe our orange western carrots to Dutch farmers loving the color orange. Wow. I just looked it up because I was like, I don't think their flag has orange on it and it's red, white, and blue. But right. at one point it was orange, yes. white, and blue. Yes. Yeah. So every time you're having a carrot, just raise it, just tip tip the carrot. <laughs> to just the a tip of the carrot, the carrot to the top, Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. Colin, I also want to get to the root of some root vegetables, if you will. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Sure, I will. Sure. I have to preface this with, you know, especially recording and researching for Good Job Brain. One of the things I love is finding something that almost all cultures share. Hmm. You know, whether if it's a food item or like a a similar folktale or a lore, you know, like how every culture has some sort of a sandwich. Their own <laughs> right, interpretation right. of a sandwich. Or a dumpling. The, or yeah. a dumpling or yeah. a stuffed thing. I think that is so fascinating. Like all these people, corners of the world, yet there is some sort of tie-in. And this is also Chinese New Year related as well. One of the days, Chinese New Year is actually like a weeks and weeks celebration. One of the days is the Lantern Festival. And you've probably heard mm. of the Lantern Festival. Um, a lot of kids 
come out with like different animals, especially the the year, whatever the animal of the year is, and they have all these lanterns. And part of the festivities is, and you guys will love, is their um, lantern puzzles. They're like riddles hmm. on lanterns, and it's kind of like family fun that you try to solve them. You eat tangyuan, which is which is a like glutinous rice balls and a soup. So it's a celebration, and it's very cheery, very family oriented. There's so many different tales of how and why we celebrate lantern festival the more common mythological story is that there was the heavenly stork some sort of celestial bird um came down to earth because some sort of snafu situation the people (laughs) on earth uh killed it the celestial Uh gods got angry decides to punish the whole town or the village and uh they're gonna set fire to the whole village and burn everybody wow and so what happened was um one of the one of the gods came down the village to, to warn them and be like you know it's gonna let's think of a way to solve this and so the way they solved it is let's make it look like our village is already on fire so that they would not you know actually set fire to the village (laughs) so there are a lot of red lanterns lots of fire and candles and lamps and lanterns to kind of be like oh well at night it's like already kind of like (laughs) bright and blazing why set it more on fire yeah Yeah. it's actually a waste of our effort plenty on fire already it's one of the origin stories of why we have a lantern festival and one of the activities for kids like i said there are a lot of food items and vegetables that we eat or we use because of the auspicious sound alike reason. One of the things that is very popular is the radish or the daikon, mm-hmm. the, the white kind of plump, kind of like carrot yeah. in the same family. And why radish uh, or daikon? In the Chinese, Taiwanese word, uh, radish is also known as to, which means vegetable head, which sounds like to, which means like a good beginning, like a colorful uh, beginning. So you eat it because you're going to have a good new year. The kids, I don't know why they make kids do it because it seems a little dangerous, <laughs> but you basically car, you make it into a lantern. You hollow the turnip out huh. and you can carve little mm. holes and drawings. You put a candle in it, um, put some wires and you can dangle it like a lantern and huh. you have a candle inside and it's. It's a turnip. It's a radish turnip lantern. But that's not as easy as like a pumpkin, right? No. It's not. It's hollow not. Already. It's not hollow already. No, it's not. Okay. You have to hollow yeah. yourself. I would do such a bad job. Oh, the candle I know. would fall out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes when I was a kid, I just stuck a candle on 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 the radish. I yeah. Didn't even yeah. cut it. I'd be like, well, here you go. I this did it. This is a deconstructed. Yeah. 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 And also, or the flames would not. This is when kids were woodworkers and like craftspeople. They worked. In and we'd be in like, schools. Be like, here's some razors and tools, yeah. and here's a radish. Go at it. Here's a like, firm, slippery vegetable. I'm, yeah. I'm in second grade, and I was like, you need to carve this with great okay. precision. <laughs> And then I was like, wow, this is really similar to the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. It's also a holiday thing and that you're also carving out a vegetable. And I did some more research on the jack-o'-lantern. I want to tell you guys another folklore story. All right. So this story is about Drunk Jack. (laughs) I like it it already. Also known as Stingy Jack. He made a deal with the devil, you know, the soul, usually in exchange for something. It seems like he has a debt. And so when the devil comes to collect his soul... Jack tricks him uh, by making the devil go up a tree and Jack draw a little cross on the tree so that the devil is trapped. Mm. Okay. And the devil can't come down. 
And then there's another deal. The devil's like, hey, if you take off the cross, then I will not take your soul. Because he's named Drunk Jack and Stingy Jack is not really a a good guy. So if he dies, he'll never get into heaven. Uh. So basically, Jack was immortal because he could not Mm. go anywhere. Couldn't go go to heaven. But then he can't get in hell because that was part of the deal. So the devil grants Jack an ember from the fires of hell to light his way through the twilight world where all the lost souls are kind of hanging out. Jack places this hell light into a carved turnip to serve as a lantern to light his way. Ah. This is one of, there are many, many stories about jack-o'-lanterns. This is one of them. And it started as a turnip, Hmm. not a pumpkin for a lot of origin stories. It's it's kind of the explanation of why, I don't know if you guys know what will-o'-wisp is. It's a natural phenomenon. Oh, yeah. In bog marshes, there's little flickering light. The gas is flaming. It's in Brave. Yeah, it's in Brave. So it's, always kind of thought as magical weird lights cool and that's what those are lanterns of people trapped lost, lost, lost souls, souls yeah, oh. lighting away. Ooh, uh-huh. creepy creepy so the commonly held belief of the jack-o'-lantern is that it stems from an irish custom no actual scholarly research into irish mythology or customs um actually have any contemporary reference to hmm. the jack-o'-lantern practice. However, there is evidence that turnips, not pumpkins, were used to carve, um, back in the day, was called a Hoberty's lantern. Oh, Hoberty's. So, Hoberty's, hmm. um, in England at the end of the 18th century. Not necessarily Irish. And okay. not necessarily pumpkin. Okay. It was a turnip lantern. So, I just want to share two completely separate yeah. cultures. About turning turnips into lanterns. Of turning turnips or radishes into lanterns. I kind of want to try this now. Oh, there's so many. There's some really pro ones, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Actually, people make little rosebuds out of them. It's a lot easier to carve than pumpkin. Nature's styrofoam, kind of. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of like nature's styrofoam in a way. Um, (laughs) I just think that is super cool. Just two different... Yeah. Two different origin just stories. independently came to it. That, yeah. It, it's just so random and so specific. Anyways, this is why our world is so cool. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. And we got one last quiz segment to digest. Dana, what you got? What's on your plate? Oh, yes. I'll give you a description of a vegetable and you tell me what vegetable you think it is. And then and then we'll get going into like the body of the quiz, but just okay. as a warm-up. Okay. okay. Kind of a, like All an early right. part. The Greeks and Romans considered them to be aphrodisiac. Until the 16th century, women were prohibited from eating them in many countries because they were still considered to have aphrodisiac properties. Mm. And then King Henry II's wife, Catherine de' Medici, introduced this vegetable to France in the 16th century. She said, if one of us had eaten this, we would have been pointed out in the street. Today, young women are more forward than pages at the court. <laughs> it's like a, ah, the aphrodite. Oh, is it? You know, is it? Is I it? Have a I have a guess. Is it asparagus? No, mm. I. Spinach is my guess. No, is oh. it? 
Is this Olives? something that looks like a... Yeah, is it in... phallic? No. Mm. Okay. It is an artichoke. Ah. So in the spirit of root vegetables and in the spirit of artichokes, I have artichoke or rutabaga. So I'll describe, <laughs> I'll describe a fact about one of these, either an artichoke or a rutabaga. And you tell me, All right. is it an artichoke? Is it a rutabaga? All right. To be honest, I don't know what a rutabaga is, well, but I can guess. It will, it will come, you know, I think over the course of this, you'll, okay. you'll get a clear picture. Or rutabaga. I picked rutabaga because I thought it was a funny name. It's a great it comedy And then word. Um, thumbs up, artichoke, thumbs down, rutabaga. All right. Yeah, and this is not good. a value judgment yeah, on yeah. either of those. It's just <laughs> All right. All right. binary. All right. It's technically a flower bud that has not yet bloomed. Uh, both say artichoke. It is an artichoke. Yeah. The name comes from Old Swedish, meaning ram root. Ram root. Ram root. Artich- artichoke rutabaga. Right, like the yeah. animal. Yeah, yes, both rutabaga. It's a rutabaga. Yeah, because they um they kind of grow wild and livestock, rams, whatever can just eat them. Oh, okay. Kind of ram root. Graze your rams on it. It is considered to be a cross between the turnip and cabbage. Both say rutabaga. Rutabaga. It's funny in my mind. Huh. I was like artichoke. Kind of, if you squint, is a bit like that. Cabbage, like yeah. Turnip and cabbage. But turnip is, like is underground. Oh, okay. Turnip yeah. is underground. I assume rutabaga is underground, like a radish or something. And then, and then artichoke is a flower, but because I remember, right. like artichoke when you open up yeah. a raw artichoke, sometimes there are like the purple flowers yeah. inside, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you get stung. Yeah. In 1947, Marilyn Monroe, still still called Norma Jean, mm. was crowned this vegetable queen of the year. <laughs> oh. Was it a rutabaga or artichoke? Oh. Where is she from? That's a good question. Yeah, is she West Coast, Midwest? Ooh. She, okay, so she was either Miss Artichoke or Miss Rutabaga. I say Miss Rutabaga. I'm just going to be different and say Miss Artichoke. It's Miss Artichoke. Oh. <laughs> she was crowned in uh, Castroville. Oh, okay. yeah. So she is California. All right. Mm-hmm. Miss Artichoke. The leaves of this plant can be eaten as a leaf vegetable. Hmm. God, do you eat artichoke? Do they have leaves? Yeah, they do. I'm trying to picture. I mean, they're, I don't think they Well, you I eat don't... carrot tops. That's different. Rutabaga. I'm going to say rutabaga. I'm going to say rutabaga. Too. Rutabaga. Okay. okay. Yes. Uh, last question. This one's maybe near and dear to the heart. This vegetable is the primary flavor of the liqueur chinar. Whoa. Oh, huh. I feel like of the two of those, I mean, rutabaga is a little sweeter, maybe? Oh, like a beet? Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure there's other ingredients in there. Or, you know, like you eat all the good parts of the artichoke and then you're left the with heart. all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Like you're left with all the, the and then you distill that. Because <laughs> you, you have to do something with it. <laughs> yeah. With the gross I'm, hair. I'm going to say rutabaga. I'm going to say rutabaga. Because they have beet wine. It is artichoke. Oh, artichoke liqueur? It's a popular Italian liqueur. People mix it with orange juice a lot. Ew. Yeah. Does it, so it, it's supposed to taste like artichoke? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, That's a, a little bit. weird. You can tell there's huh. artichoke in it. It's spelled C-Y-N-A-R. And Chinar. I listened to a pronunciation and it was an Italian woman saying huh. Chinar. Chinar can be mixed with soda water. Okay. Lemon. Okay. Orange slice. Okay. Milk. <laughs> weird. Yeah. I wonder what other vegetable liqueurs there are. Liqueurs. We should have a party 
where we yeah, just find like party. I feel like course. like as a species, we've done a pretty good job of if you can make alcohol from it, we've done it. Yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. Potato, I, yeah, vodka, but actually yeah. sell it that you can buy it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. All right. And that is our episode. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, uh, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about, woo, that was a good range from we, alcohol we covered quite to a bit of territory. poison. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace, at squarespace.com slash goodjobbrain. And hopefully Chris will be back next week to we'll see. talk yeah. about adventures in baby stuff. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll reveal the name, the long-awaited secret yeah. name yes, of yes. his child. And Horatio Magellan Kohler. That would be so, so good. I would be so, so good. excited. Yeah. Horatio, a baby Horatio. Anyway, okay. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.